Welcome to Iconic, where we talk about all things 13th Age. I'm your host, JM, and with me as always are Nick and Mark. Hey, hello. We have a great show for you today. We're going through one of our class act segments, and we're going to be looking at the Berserker from 13th Age Glorantha. But before we get into that, how are you guys doing? Like, what's going on in gaming? Nick, what have you been doing gaming-wise? Well, we've kind of taken a, a break from our Numenera game for the summer, uh, just for various reasons, and um, it's been a, a nice break. I think uh, we're all getting ready to get back in the swing of things, and we've got our, our next session uh, this coming week, so um, everyone's looking forward to it. And I uh, got to jump back into the 13th Age game at Petri's Family Games uh, this last weekend, which was fantastic. You were you were definitely missed. People died because Maris <laughs> was on vacation. Not again, though. Not again. That's I mean, She's back. But somebody died this week. True. Yeah. Maris can only do so much. She can only do so much. Mark, what about you? What have you been doing in gaming? Uh, been running a successful Dark Eye campaign. The guys to save the count from the assassins. Nice. Introduced them to bards and dancers, which is a new magic class in Dark Eye, uh, which they don't like. <laughs> and I am also playing in the once a, a month Petri's 13th Age. Yeah, you're demonologist. My de- demonologist, uh, first battle... Kicked butt. Second battle, pretty much occupied the big bad guy by getting stepped on and hit with a hammer. You also and pre- thankfully Maris was there to save me. <laughs> I was gonna say you pretty much occupied Maris as well. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. could be why the other person died, but no, that other person also should have gotten out of the fire trap. Oh man, <laughs> let's just say when we do our our uh, battle scenes review, I have glowing praise for the dwarf king battle scene. <laughs> Yeah, just glowing praise. Well, um, before we get into class acts, let's also take a second. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, we are starting a iconic Patreon, and we already have some initial patrons. So, Nick, can you do our shout out for this week's episode for those uh, backers that have joined us on the iconic Patreon? Yeah, we've got four awesome backers right now: uh, Andrew, Jeffrey, Michael, and Tim. Just want to say thank you for joining us at the iconic podcast and for helping make this a better show. Awesome. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, um. Let's just get right into class acts. We're looking at the Berserker basically because Mark's character almost died and he needs to know what to play next. And so we're looking at... It will be a Berserker. It, it will be a Berserker. Now, what's one of the neat things about the Berserker is that it is a class that is very tied into the myth and lore of Glorantha. Yes, you can port it out and we'll talk about that later, but as... The note at the overview of the class states, it's not the mindless barbarian rage. These berserkers have very specific mythic reasons that they act the way they do. And so the two, it's one class that has kind of two flavors to it. And we're going to look through both of them. But the, the two of them are is there's the Zorak Zorani berserker, which is a troll uh, berserker of the trollish god of mindless violence, and I, I love the the Zoraxrani. And Mark, your favorite though is the Stormbull Berserker. Yes, the Stormbull that that kind of grabbed me, and as we talk about it, um, kind of explain why I think that's the quintessential berserker. The way they set it up, it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, like mechanically about these, is it's it's almost the the play style seems almost antithetical to 
the Barbarian as 13th Age has done it. The 13th Age Barbarian is very simple, very mechanically light, very easy to use. The Zorak Zorani and even more so the Stormbull are very mechanically complicated classes. It's kind of a a fun game irony that to play an out-of-control berserker, you need to be a very in-control player to make sure that it, it yeah, works but that's, for you. The, the way the rules are set up, it 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 works because, like you said, the Barbarian, and it is, if you read through the rules and they kind of explain it, if you're new to the game, play a Barbarian. Right. Get into this later. It is rules-heavy. But the way the rules are set up, especially for the Storm Bowl, you plan it, you roll it, and it's great because even if you're playing the Barbarian and you want to kind of play it like a Berserker, you're still making conscious choices of what happens. Mm-hmm. Not so much with the Storm Bowl. You yeah, make your choice ahead of time and you let the you dice write roll. it out. You yeah. write it out. Well, let's get into our discussion of kind of what they share. Again, um, play style wise, a Berserker has a lot in common with the Barbarian. Your job is to stand there and, and hit things and be hit by things. And in fact, both of the Berserker flavors are generally easier to hit than some of the other classes. I think especially the Storm Bulls starting AC is much yeah. lower than And, and that's the flavor. Normal. They just they're not concerned with being hit. Right. So they're not trying to avoid I don't think they like being hit. They just I don't have time. I, I don't know. Maybe, that's, things. Maybe, maybe they do like being it, hit. It could be. It could be. It could maybe be. their flagellants. Well, the, the Zarek Zorani, I think their starting AC is a bit more comparable to the fighter class. Mm -hmm. And they are able to wear heavy armor without penalty, whereas right. the Stormbull, um, you take a penalty if you're wearing anything uh, greater than light armor. Right. And I think even their base, let me just double check this. I'm pretty sure that their base AC... It starts pretty low. Yeah, their base AC starts at nine as opposed to ten. Mm. Uh, so yeah. you're already you're already kind of going in there with, yeah, I'm probably going to get smacked around quite a bit. But before we get into the sub subtypes, and we're going to talk about why you would want to play a berserker, why you would want to play each flavor of them. Let's do a, a brief overview of what do they have in common because Rob and Jonathan have paired the two of these as one class. So Nick, what what in what is in common? between the Zorak Zorani and the Stormbull Berserkers? The most significant thing that the two uh, devotee classes or, or paths have in common is that they, they introduce a Berserker die, and that's um, it takes the place of the Escalation die for both paths. The, it, it also it affects each um, path a little bit differently. Um, the Stormbull uses the, the Berserker die instead of the Escalation die, but it triggers certain things, and for the Zorak Zorani, it triggers different things, but that's uh, something that they share. And then there's a, a number of different talents that they could um, each choose from. Uh, there's a, a kind of an initial pool at the very beginning of this class section where you're drawing from. Um, some of them doesn't doesn't matter if you're choosing a Stormbull or a Zorak Zorani. You can choose those type those feats and those abilities. Um, others are a little bit more specific. Um, the, the two that kind of stood out to me is the the bully and the scrapper mm -hmm. uh, talents, um, and that's where um, you get to re-roll that Berserker die whether you are staggered or not staggered, uh, depending on which one uh, that you're t you've taken. And you can't take both. <laughs> right. You cannot be both a bully and a scrapper. Um, they also share uh, the blood frenzy power if they choose to choose mm -hmm. that. But I really like the the great weapon uh, talent, which says, you know, if you 
If you miss with a two-handed weapon, deal most deal no miss damage and ignore all of the effects, but then get to re-roll against another target. Like you're just waiting in there and you're just swinging wildly. Yeah, miss one, hit the other. Yeah. So, and then if you think about it, that's kind of their protection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not wearing much armor, but come within reach of my great axe as I'm just wildly swinging it about. Right. Like, Especially for the Stormbolt, yeah. I gotta go fight this cleric over here. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away from this. Yeah. Well, let's look at, I know Mark really is chomping at the bit to talk about the Stormbolt, so we'll talk about the Zorak Zorani first. Uh, that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. You know, we'll just, we'll just let and you... And even, you know, uh, and, and you said trolls, but even a select few humans mm-hmm. get to... Um, and I would just put them there to even crazier than the trolls who follow. Oh, yeah. Oh, in yeah. That, in that and, vein. And especially with a one unique thing. Uh, I'm <laughs> Just mix it up. I mean, it's one thing to see as you get into the special powers and you see a troll eat chaos. What if you see that duck eat chaos? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to give me a really good one unique thing. Um all right, so as we said, that both of these classes are very tied into the Glaranthan lore. So uh, the Zorak Zorani berserkers obviously follow Zorak Zoran, the trollish god of mindless violence. And what's great about Zorak Zoran is if you if you go into his mythology and look at it, he was basically just kind of like a friend of Kagur Latour, hung around with them, and in the God time, he ends up stealing the power of death because he's in the underworld when it is found and uses it, you know, like bides his time and waits for a chance to pounce out of the shadow, steals death and kills uh, Flamal, the god of the god of plants, which makes the lesser darkness even worse because or the time of darkness even worse because now fertility is gone because you know at least plant fertility is gone because plants can't grow and then he gets in a fight with yamalio who is the son of the sun s-o-n of the s-u-n and And that's a picture on page 114 i think of him fighting him let me see here possibly yes and he ends up wounding yamalio and yamalio was the god of the sun so he had Fire and light, right? The two parts of the sun. And after this fight, Yamalio is the cold sun. All of his followers can't access the fire powers uh, of the Sky Rune. And this troll god basically stole the fire of the sun. And so some of the powers, like when you actually look at the the berserker powers, they're based off that myth. Um, So he is not necessarily a... He's not necessarily what we would consider a quote unquote good deity to follow, but man, they get pointed at chaos. They're going to rip through yeah. them. I think to mention that if, it, if you're that desperate to bring them in, the fight against chaos has gone pretty bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and I love the fact that we have a, we have a berserker class that if you want can also be a summoner class because one of the class talents is summon a zombie. So it's you, your troll berserker, who is basically just waiting to be let off the chain to eat something, and his undead pal. Now, can he always summon that undead? So the zombie minion 
uh, when you roll for initiative, if it's 11 or higher, your zombie is in there if you take the talent. If it's 10 or less, he's off doing something else. There are summoning spells which work in different scenarios. Control to berserk. Control turn. If you roll less than or equal to the escalation die, you must take a berserk turn instead of a control turn. And it's a D10, not a D20. So again, as long as you go in the fight and the escalation die ramps up to four, five, and six. It's harder to It's do. harder. Doesn't but, mean you won't, but it's harder to But do. basically when you're in a controlled state, you're totally able to act however you however want. However you want. Right. Now when you're berserk, what what changes, Nick? You are uh, limited to basically making a melee attack or casting a couple of spells that are that explicitly state can be cast while berserking. But basically it's you, I mean, thematically you are losing control of yourself. You no longer are thinking straight and you're just waiting in with your hammer and you're going to just going to go smash things. And at the beginning of each, uh, at the beginning of each round, you have the choice of going ahead and becoming berserk. If you want to do that, if it makes sense for you to do that, but if you want to maintain control, you do have that chance of, I'm not going to be able to take my, my normal standard quick move actions um, that otherwise I'd be able to. Or like Mark said, you're not going to be able to summon even more minions. Now you also get resistance against all opportunity attacks while berserking, which is amazing because because you get to declare a tasty target based off what your berserker die bonus is. Uh, you're either going to want to go after the weakest person or the strongest person because you get major bonuses for attacking the tasty target and major penalties for not attacking the tasty yes. target. So once you go berserk, you're going to be bouncing around the field, this uncontrollable top of of violence and rage. I would suggest getting a little like Going to Michael's, getting a little hot dog eraser, maybe a hamburger eraser, so that you can, as the GM, you can set the tasty target for your player. <laughs> well, and even I was thinking about the the summoned zombies and such that um, even that you don't always have full control over those. Right. It's not a summoning class. It just happens to have some summoning sprinkled in. Right. And at the beginning of each turn, you roll a d6, and depending on how that roll, it they, those those zombies could actually turn around and attack you. So the, the whole concept of or your you're allies. not fully in control of yourself, you're not fully in control of the, um, those that you've summoned. I mean, it's just you're right on the cusp of of <laughs> dare I say it, delving into chaos. Yeah, I. Uh, so remember, there's a difference between chaos and Little disorder. C, C. Well, disorder is really oh, what that rune. Yeah, yeah disorder yeah. is is kind of more what the Zeroxorani class kind of deals with is the fact that it's not an ordered class. There's chances that things aren't working out for you. Yeah. I, so what are what are some of the powers that kind of stood out to you guys uh, about the Zeroxorani that you would enjoy? There were two. I couldn't pick just a favorite. That's fine. Uh, is either eat chaos. So what does uh, that one do? Eat chaos. Uh, close quarter spell. Uh, it's a free action. Basically, if you kill a chaos creature. Yeah, if you kill a chaos creature, you eat enough of it that it can't regenerate. And that goes up as you increase from a medium size to a large to a huge. And you heal a little bit, right? And and you can, you can uh, heal, yes. And the other one is crush spirit, which is just freaking awesome. What does that one do? So, crush spirit. So, one nearby enemy within with 100 or fewer hit points, uh, you make an attack, drops them to zero. And at seventh level, it's 150 hit points, and at ninth level, it's 250 hit points. Yeah, it's kind of an instant kill. So, you can just kill. walk up and go, instant kill. I yeah. crush the spirit. What about you, Nick? 
uh, I like the a touch of the old Ratzleff. Um, just because, again, there's there's the mechanical benefit of it that if the GM rolls a natural one through five, then there's some sort of thematic element to it as well. Um, right. It's, it's kind of, of like the tiefling yeah. racial ability. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of that as well. So you basically make a one to five a miss, a, a fumble, basically. Well, right? not just a fumble, but you get to curse them somehow. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You, you make it not just like, oh, I can't roll a four, I miss. No, hold on there, GM. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. That, yeah, that, that pit that of lava a, that you were sitting next to, yeah. you know, you're, you suddenly the crumbles and you step into it and you take a little yeah. bit of damage from oh, it. Oh, yeah. Or, well, and even thematically, um, I, I had to Google it, but uh, Ratzliff in Glorantalor is um, basically a trickster who his pranks never went off as planned. Mm-hmm. And so, again, thematically, um, the monsters as they're trying to attack, it doesn't go off as planned and it oftentimes backfires. Yeah. Um, mine is also my favorite one is also tied into kind of the the lore is the embarrassed fire and sky. It only works against creatures that have the fire and sky rune, but you just if you hit, they lose half their hit points. Doesn't matter how many they have. So that means you can never actually take them to zero. That's true. And it's and and they can they can uh it's save ends. So you're basically trying you're you're giving the group one round guaranteed. To drop this thing, um, otherwise it gets everything back. So it's more it's more of an embarrassing, and then you can take them out. And if they recover, yeah. I also love the fact, like Nick pointed out, that they have this is a berserker in heavy armor, like heavy lead armor. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a troll, if you're a if troll. you're a troll, yeah. yeah. If you're a duck, I don't know what kind of armor that. You would be. have to really sell me on the fact that one, you have a duck who is not <laughs> worshiping Humacht. Let alone a troll god. But if you come up with a one, good one unique thing, I'll still send you back to character creation. No. <laughs> I mean, good one unique things cover a maybe multitude was, of maybe of he was canonical ills. Because he was tasty, but they didn't eat him because he proved his worth. Hmm? See, there you go. All right. Any final thoughts on the Zarak Zarani? Would you play one or would you really just go right for the Storm Bowl? I would go for the Storm Bowl. I'm still trying to wrap my head around why I would adventure with the big dude who wants to eat me. In lean times, oh, maybe not even lean times. Just that's not for you to come <laughs> up with. That's for the rest of the group to come up with. Oh, I'm yeah. playing a troll. No, I'm just. Yes, if you're yeah. uncomfortable with me. That's yeah. that's your problem, not mine. No, I even as a GM, just trying to mm. how Sorry. how it would work. Speaking know. of which, we are playing in a game where we're all fighting demons, and suddenly a demonologist walks into our midst and says, "Trust me." Yeah, there's some there's there's oh, some, yeah, there's uh, some adaptations trust issues. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the one. Uh, Something else to think about when it comes to the Zerak Zerani is the um, Berserker die starts as a D4. And so you aren't going to be getting as much of a bonus necessarily as um, everyone else might be. So when Nick is talking about the Berserker die and we go forward talking with the Berserker die, you get a die from your class that replaces the Escalation die and also applies to damage. So on round one, if you're rolling that, if you go out of control and you roll a d4 and you get a four well everyone else has no bonus you're at plus four to hit and damage but in round three when everyone else is getting you know a plus two to hit you could roll a one and now you have less of a benefit but for both berserkers where it really shines is when you're fighting chaos because or even, I mean, technically even the moon rune because they mess with the escalation die and the berserker classes are completely, they don't care. They're, yes. they're not. Now, you can take the Zorak Zorani berserk attack and allows your 
Berserker die to ramp up. Right. D4 so becomes D6, D6 becomes D8. And then if you take Adventure and Champions, they can go yeah, up even higher. higher and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, was that what you were going to... Yeah. Is that what you're, I, I just want to, we, we've been talking about the Berserker die and we never actually defined what we were talking about. So, yeah, no, uh, that's what I was going to refer to. Um, and then also that's kind of a distinction between the two paths uh, for the Berserker is that the Zerak Zerani, it's, it's strictly a bonus. It doesn't really trigger anything else other than the whole even and odd and going berserk and what constitutes as a tasty or non-tasty. Um, as we'll see as we start talking more about the Storm Bowl, um, there are a lot more triggers off of what is rolled on uh, that Berserker die. Yep. Right. The, I mean, that's a great segue to go into it. If you want to play Berserker and you want something even more complicated than how the Zorak Zorani looks like, look to the Storm Bowl. Um, I had a Storm Bowl in my 13th Age Glorantha game, and I do not think the player was prepared for how much before before the game prep they would have to do it's not a lot but as you get higher in level you're switching out powers because they don't recharge and you're so we'll get to that in a second but it is a much more complicated version of the berserker now the storm bull is uh he is related to orlanth uh the 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 god of the air, the ones that the those in Sartar worship, the head of the Orlanthi tribe. Um, but he is, uh, the Stormbull kind of settled in east of Dragon Pass in the lands of Prax, uh, married, much like Orlanth married Ernalda. Uh, the Stormbull married an earth goddess as well. And during the gods' war, the Stormbull, where chaos was found, the Stormbull was there. And the big myth of... The Stormbull's fight versus chaos is he fought Whackboth the devil to a standstill. Every time he was cast down, the earth would give of her life to bring him back to life to go in and keep fighting. And eventually, the universe just brought the fight to an end by this giant block of adamant, true stone, flying through the air and crushing Whackboth the devil because the Stormbull fought him and kept him in one place. So his followers are chaos hunters, usually from Prax. Uh, there are, he's also a member of the Orlanthi Pantheon. So if you're in Sartar, um, another good culture to draw from. Um, wherever chaos is active, wherever it shows up, that's where you're going to find the Storm Bowl. Again, uses a Berserker die, but in a very unique way. Let's start with Nick, and then we'll jump over to Mark. So how does a how does a Storm Bowl go Berserk? So um, unlike the Zerak Zerani, whose decisions are all made kind of in the middle of combat, do I go Berserk or, do, or don't I, the Storm Bowl will, they've got to decide ahead of time how they want their powers to fit into this, um, this power grid, um, which is basically just, uh, it's a D6 table. And then at the, e at the beginning of each one of your rounds in combat, you roll your Berserker die, and that whatever number comes up is the power that you have that turn. So you don't have access to all of your powers every turn. It's just whatever ends up coming up. So if you happen to um, be just rolling a lot of twos in a, in a certain a certain combat scenario, that's the only power you're going to be able to use. You aren't going to be able to use all of your other ones. Now, yeah. most of the powers have two different. They all, most of them have an either or. So if you keep rolling the twos in Nick's example, 
okay, let me do this one this time. Next time, well, okay, I can't stack that same effect, so I'll take the other choice. Even if it's not apparent right now, it might give me a bonus later for something. So all of them have two uses. So, yeah, you start with three Berserker die powers and three Adventure Tier pools, so it gives you a six to start. So at first level, you can slot all six, and that's D6 is what you're going to roll as a Storm Bowl. And as you gain them, then you'll have to choose which six do I want slotted. And, and that's where it takes that forethought of, okay, what do I want to have? So from metagame, that's the, the player choosing what he wants to have for his character. But once it starts, that's why I like the mechanic. It's totally unpredictable. You're not sure what the storm is going to do. Like I'm going to roll a die and see what happens. Right. And there is some... And they're very careful choices because sometimes a higher number benefits that power. Some aren't dependent on the number you roll on a die. You just have to roll it. So, okay, I'll slot that as a one because I don't need a huge bonus. There's some that will add that number. Okay, I'll make that a five or a six because I really want to make that effective. Um, so, yeah, that's what I love about it. Once you start once you start play, I think it's kind of simple. Roll the die, see what happens. It's either or choice. Once the battle's done, now you get some choices to make again. You end up really having to decide where your powers fall in your lineup. Because as Mark and Nick said, if you put a power in slot one, it's only going to get a plus one to hit. Put something in slot six, it's going to get plus six to hit. So Nick, what else stood out to you about the Stormbolt? Um, the you are you have the ability to rearrange those uh, powers in that grid um, at every quick rest. So at the end of each combat or whenever you have that quick rest, you have that chance of uh, of realizing a okay this didn't work out quite the way I thought it to. I need to rearrange uh, what powers get slotted where. But any of those one battle powers that you have, uh, those could be triggered multiple times within that battle. But that's it. You, they, yep. you can't slot them in again until that your next full heal up. It, it, the class really stood out to me is that you're making all of your strategic and combat-focused decisions out of combat before mm-hmm. you go in. Um, and I can foresee it maybe slowing down things at the table um, if you're going to be going through multiple rounds of combat uh, because the player is going to have to have a little bit of time to step back and rearrange um, that table that they're going to be rolling on, whereas everyone else is just rolling their recoveries and ready to move on. I don't know how long it would actually would take, but uh, it seems to me as that player is going to have more to do at a quick rest than anyone else. Yeah, that's until he gets used to it. You know, I mean, one of the things that helps simplify it um, as you look at these is uh, one of the powers is thrash the devil, and that always has to be in the lineup. So that's one choice taken away right there. You can just arrange where you want it, um, one to six. And they have some great examples in here of here's the initial lineup of the powers that this character has. And then after a few battles, here's what he has left and what he switches out and how it works. So if you're confused, they give great examples of it. And like here, just talking about Thrash the Devil. Until the end of the battle, you gain resist damage 12 plus against attacks by chaos. Or you can use one of your die trigger special powers this turn. If you don't, instead deal damage equal to your strength modifier to one enemy engaged with you. So that's the either or of Thrash the Devil that and you're I, always going to have. And I would say that there's uh, the die the die triggered special powers take read through and how those trigger, but there are some great ones like mm-hmm. I love No. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was <laughs> which, my favorite, which allows you to take <laughs> the escalation die back when from chaos, chaos steals. Yes, yeah. when you steal it, which is a benefit for the party that you don't really have to do because you're not usually concerned about it. But that would be good just to stump chaos. I know for at my table, I made little cheat cards for the Storm Bowl so that they could just 
have them set out, laminated them. They could put a little number in the upper corner for what spot they're in. It helped a lot with rearranging. Do two or three thrash the devils because inevitably it just kind of starts to fill up your lineup, especially in low levels. Nick, what's your favorite power from the uh, Storm Bowl? I think the one that stood out to me was uh, Horns and Hide, that uh, until the end of the battle, when you engage one or more enemies, each enemy takes damage equal to your strength modifier, or you gain bonus to your AC equal to the Berserker die until the start of next turn. And thematically, just this thought of you're just you're gone crazy and you're running around and smashing everybody. And, you know, definitely that that extra damage triggers when you are you become engaged. So you're going to be wanting to hop around the battlefield quite a bit and um, you know, opportunity attacks or disengaging and then re reengaging with um, other opponents. Mine was no. Right, I love no. I got written down. No. Yeah, it was uh, for me. It's uh, Uraks, Uraks, Uraks. One, the title is just fantastic. <laughs> and also that uh, you can. It's a trade-off. You can increase your Berserker die by one size, but if you go to a D8, you still don't have powers that trigger on seven or eight. So that's a good bonus. You get a, it's a great bonus to hit and damage, or you can just take damage resistant to everything. Yeah, 16 plus. 16 plus, which is, whew, that's mighty nice. Let me ask Almost you Almost control's not a bad one either. You roll two Berserker dies and you pick which one you want. Yeah, I could, I could see that one. There's a lot of them. I mean, like anything, there's just not enough slots, so... Any thoughts on the class as a whole? I thought it was a it's a nice change up from the other just heavy hitter classes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. whereas like the barbarian, there's there's not a whole lot of thought that goes into it. Uh, the fighter, there's a little bit of thought, but it's always it's mostly honestly paying attention to was this an even roll? Was this an odd roll? Was it a hit? Was it a miss? Mm-hmm. And then um, having those flexible attacks trigger off of that. Uh, there, there's a lot more thought and strategy and planning that goes into these two classes. And yet they're still hitting just as hard, if not harder uh, than mm-hmm. those other classes are as well. Um, but you do have to pay close attention to a lot that's going on at the table. You know, uh, what the escalation die is, what the berserker die is, what your type is, uh, whether you're staggered, if you've taken the blood frenzy, what your blood frenzy count is. Um, I can easily envision some characters, uh, one, maybe being overwhelmed by everything they have to keep track of. And then two, if there's a lot of shenanigans going on at the table, getting distracted and that having never to be constantly <laughs> reminded, where are we, what's going on, yeah. uh, sort of thing. I can see it having a separate yeah. little whiteboard or laminated paper just to put notes of... Oh, okay. And make a note for this battle. I've got this going. I got this going because different things trigger and, and what's going on. Because much like many of these classes, like the Chaos Mage or the Berserker or even the Occultist, where you need to know going in as a player, there is a lot of focus. So if you like very mechanically heavy, like mechanically designed classes that require you to be on point, this is a class for you. By about Adventure Three if not session three, the amount of grace that I would be giving for, oh, wait, I forgot, let me go back and do that, is going to is going to shrink. Yeah. Just just we, for me personally. We do have one on our Saturday game, right? That Liam is a chaos. Liam is a chaos major. He does it well. He's on point. He's, he's on point. On he just point. flings stuff out and people are like, what? He's like, oh, you got a tentacle now. I'm like, what? Yep. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, got Liam it. Liam is on point. So, I mean, obviously, first time you're playing this class, GMs give your players a lot of grace. But, do start pushing back. There's a lot of stuff that this is a class that requires your players to be on point. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. I can see it being a lot of fun. Either one. I I, I immediately jumped to the Storm Bowl. I just kind of 
pull at that Viking roots of, yeah, oh, I'm man. a shield chewer. That's another good one. I just chew on my shield. I did have the thought that if your players are taking too long of a time, um, maybe roll the escalation die back one. Because the escalation is supposed to be this thematic. The, the, oh, the yeah. battle is building. It's building. It's building. Um, it's going more and more in your favor until we hit a big lull because so-and-so is not ready to actually take their action. Oh, and and they that. mentioned that in one of these, I can't remember which one, they talk about it. Like, he, he, we get a choice and you give them a few seconds and it's like, oh, sorry, come as you are. And you just skip over that berserker. Sorry, you, you get what you get. You can yeah. make your choice. So. You're just sitting there chewing on your shield. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a player... Please pay attention. Yes, yes. It, <laughs> yes. It's not that impossible. It's a lot to cover in, in, a, in a single podcast, but as you read through it, the way they lay out the examples, it's not impossible. It just takes some forethought oh, and yeah. staying on point for your character. We know that Mark sides with the Storm Bowl. Where, where do you fall? Honestly, given the choice between the two of them, I probably would go with Zorak Zorani. Yeah. Just, I mean, they're both great. Like, I would love to see both. I, I I like having a little bit of control over what my character is going to be doing. And granted, it's, you know, it's the illusion of control. Control versus berserk. You know, I, I can at least try to make that choice, but it still ends up coming down to the die roll. Um, but I, I like having that ability to kind of um, on the fly make some strategy on of what what needs to be done. Right. Well, and I mean, think about it. If you're playing a troll in 13th Age Glorantha. Your racial power is based off what you roll for initiative. If you're a Zorak Zrani, whether you have your minion this fight is based off that roll. What target you're going for when you're out of control is based off your roll. It is, whereas the Berserker has control beforehand, or when the store... The Stormbolt has control beforehand because you set your powers and you're like, this is kind of how I want to see this play out. And with the with the berserker uh, in the Zorak Zorani, you're just every time you throw that die, it's like the chaos mage. What's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. What did I just draw out of the bag? Tasty, not tasty. Yeah, my yeah, berserk, and, my control. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a step back for a second because we've talked about how thematic it is for both of these classes to be in Glorantha. Um, the berserker and the earth priestess are kind of, in my mind, the most tied in mechanically. I just think they represent the myths and the and the, the cults so well um, that it could be a little opaque on how to pull them out and bring them into the, the Dragon Empire. And seeing as it's not 13th Age 2.0, the design of 13th Age Glorantha was to be able to port things back how would you port them back to the Dragon Empire or a more classical fantasy setting? I think the Storm Bowl is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a lot harder for the Zorak Zorani. You'd have to come up with, okay, if he's in the Dragon Empire, how does that fit? Storm Bowl, sure. He could just be maybe one of the Crusaders' crazy champions, mm-hmm. Orc Lord's champion. Oh, see, he's I just think, some yeah. crazy orc that goes into his rage air quotes and you know deals 
deals damage to the enemy. You know, well, I, I think the Xerox Rani would be either an orc lord or a lich king or some sort of combination tied to those icons. You know, an orc who is driven crazy between this loyalty to, to the orc lord and the draw of undeath and kind of the push and pull back in that spot. What about you, Nick? Well, I was thinking a, a little bit of a twist in that if you were to maybe do a like a Forgeborn and have those ties with the Dwarf King and whether or not you're kind of semi-sentient and whether or not you're in control of your construct body or not and whether or not you're going to be losing control. Oh, I like that as well. A little uh, virus in, infected yeah, at yeah. that moment of you creation. Should, you should bring that in when I kill Maris off in the 13th age game. <laughs> no, no, we, mean, already if, have, we already have one Forgeborn. It's that's enough. Right. If, I kill, <laughs> if I kill Maris off. If. Let's see how let's see how long Maris survives from from today's episode. Maybe Maris wants to play the demon badger. That's right, <laughs> badger, 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 the, the hell badger, the blood drinker. Um, it was interesting going looking through all of the different powers and abilities available to uh, both of those paths and seeing what are specifically tied to Gloranthan lore mm-hmm. um, or the Gloranthan uh, rule set. Um, you know things like the the no power. That's you don't have the chaos stealing the escalation die in the dragon empire. Um, so something like that, you would have to find some way to mechanically change that. Um, you know, the thrash, the devil option, um, references chaos and, and that's a mandatory slot for the storm bowl. So, you know, for that, maybe even just changing it to, you know, a certain damage type that you gain resistance to, um, or even I was thinking about taking like the, 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 uh, favorite enemy, option from the ranger class and saying instead of you getting resist damage to all of chaos attacks it's whatever your favorite in- enemy mm, is i like that um, you know something like that there's a number of things uh, or powers that you're either going to have to strip completely or find some way to adapt to the dragon empire or you just bring chaos to the dragon empire. we don't want that <laughs> <laughs> um i think it, but we when we talked about it originally i think that especially if you go with mark's idea about the Stormbull being a crusader knight and it's just anti-demon yeah you could just replace all instances of chaos with with demons and then demons get to steal the escalation die sorry i (laughs) zoned out there for a second um don't get any thoughts so i think we've hit some very natural ones orc lord lich king definitely the crusader as places for the berserker any other icons in the dragon empire that you could see playing off the berserker well um, they did make a call out in the book that the three, especially the red, might be a good um, icon relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, a dragonborn berserker of the three. All right, which one of you is going to run a game so that I get to play that guy? <clears throat> Your stunned silence is reassuring. <laughs> Only because you're going to want to play a dragonborn Zarag Zarani. I, that, exactly. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to go home and make that character tonight. That's right. Um, all right, well, any final thoughts on the Berserker class as a whole? I think if any of our listeners are have either been playing as one of the Berserker classes um, or who is running a game and has a Berserker class in there, especially if you're running it in um, Dragon Empire, let us know. We'd love to hear how it's working out, oh, yeah. um, how that adjustment, what you've, what sort of choices that you've made um, in, in making that adaptation. But it's a great class, both options. Yeah, I, I like the Stormbull enough that I told you you need to run a Gloranta game so I can play it in Perfect. Gloranta. I I love the fact that when we first started hearing about 13th Age Gloranta and first at our initial episodes, 
you guys were not as keen on Glorantha, and now that you've seen What's it, it's this weird stuff? world yeah, you're talking there's about. There's ducks, uh, and now you're like, oh, I'd play this guy. Ooh, run this game because I want to try this guy. I'm very. I think that's the. I think that's the highest praise we can offer to Glorantha and Thirteenth Age Glorantha is that it makes us want to play it. Well, you've been listening to the Iconic Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can contact us at iconicpodcast at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 720-924-1706. And be sure to check out iconicpodcast.com for news, updates, and new episodes. Thanks for listening.